Hey everyone. So we just finished getting past Christmas, New Year's, I don't know, Thanksgiving was a few months ago now, but you know what it's like to be around all the family and sometimes things get a little awkward if stuff has happened, but I want to share with you a little story that might not make you feel so bad. Get this, all right? Back in 1961, there's this guy named James Monaghan. And this guy makes a pizza restaurant, names it Dominic's, and uh, purchased this little company for 500 bucks. All right, needs a car and t says to his brother Tom, hey, um, I'll give you 50% of my business if you give me your Volkswagen Beetle. All right, so Mr. Tom's like, that's cool, man. All right, get this. Let's fast forward 38 years later, okay? Now, no longer is it Dominic's Pizza, it's Domino's Pizza. Yeah, that's right. Tom, the brother who sold James the Beetle, decides to sell out his stake of the company for, guess what? A billion dollars. And I just want you to think of the awkwardness at one of these family gatherings when James is confronted by Tom and Tom says, Hey, so how's that beetle running for you? The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. With Business Bootcamp Podcast and your host, Mike Andes. Business Bootcamp Podcast coming to you live from Washington State. And today, I'm going to have a local entrepreneur by the name of Mark King. That's right. He comes from my hometown here in Washington. And looking forward to the interview today. Mark is a small business owner and has all sorts of bits and pieces of advice. He was an inventor, a consultant to General Mills. Yeah, that's right for all you eating Cheerios. He probably developed the Cheerio you're eating. He probably looks like the that bumblebee, that honeybee on your little cereal box there. Happy guy. Here we come. Coming to you live, Mark King. Let's get started. It's my pleasure today, everyone, to welcome Mark King on the show. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, and I'm looking forward to today, everyone, because Mark is actually in my local area, Bellingham, Washington, and so it's nice to have a, another local entrepreneur on the show, first time. And so let's get this thing kicked off, Mark, and can you tell all our listeners a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Okay, yeah, so um, when I was, I want to say, 17 years old back in high school, I started to, uh, you know, draw this electric car in class, and I got really excited, and by the time I was 19, I had built it, and um, just kind of, you know, uh, proved to myself that I could make something that didn't exist, and I ended up getting some free parking space at the high school. And um, past that, you know, if you were to fast forward, once I got to college, I, um, you know, kind of tested the waters with what exactly it was that I wanted to do, and nothing really fit all that well. Um, and I kind of, I dropped out of Western and dropped out of Whatcom, which are here in Bellingham. And uh, eventually um, took on a spot at a CNC machine shop. 
I was so excited to see these CNC machines functioning. And I uh, worked there for a couple years um, and learned a little bit about business when I was there, you know, just in watching how things were moving. I started to get a couple of ideas. Um, I've always been very inventive and creative, so I, I actually stopped working there and then actually started working at a, uh, or started going to a technical college. Um, and I got my degree in CNC machining. And that's when I started to make my first product. And uh, that's when I broke through. I sold my first invention to General Mills, the company that does uh, Cheerios, the cereal company. And um, yeah, yeah, past that, uh, I used the money to start my first company, which is called Trayvax, T-R-A-Y-V-A-X. And it's for... Uh, you know, we do outdoor wallets, um, kind of a random thing, but it's ended up being a huge success. We've sold 25,000 wallets and there's 13 employees, just a lot of learning and a lot of facing fear. Um, that's kind of like a quick summary of, of how I got to where I am now. Awesome, man. Before we kind of dive into the whole Trayvax, because we'll get into that a little bit later, I kind of want to ask you, because when, how old were you when you were dealing with General Mills and all that? I was 21. So for some of those listeners out there that might be inventors or business people, can you kind of give some tips on when you were that young, how you dealt with such a big organization? Yeah, that's a good question. It was, uh, it was my first time doing that kind of thing, and it was absolutely scary. Um, so, I don't know, it was kind of baptism by fire. I, I had submitted a number of ideas to General Mills, but, uh, had been turned down and just kept trying, kept trying and eventually broke through. But, uh, you'd be amazed actually. It was, it was kind of a, kind of an easy, um, kind of an easy partnership with them. It was great. I mean, they were super kind people. When you think, of a place like General Mills, you think that they're all sharks and that they're all, you know, uh, business-hungry people. But it ended up the opposite. They were all super kind. You know, their interest was to uh, to get this invention that I had proposed to them. And um, it's kind of a fun process. Yeah. So, so did they just buy that from you or was it more like a royalty structure? How did you get paid on that one? Well, there wasn't a royalty structure, but uh, simply because I proposed the idea to them. Um, normally, there would be if I had had a patent on the idea, but, you know, it was kind of a crapshoot. So I ended up getting paid, and I got paid as much as a lawyer makes, you know, and at 21, once I heard that, I was so excited. I was jumping around in my apartment doing cartwheels because when you go from living off of top ramen and tuna fish, you know, and eating and eating pizzas like giant tacos, you know, you, you get pretty excited when you find out, uh, that you're going to be paid to do the thing that you love. That's awesome. And so for over here at business bootcamp podcast, our motto is start, grow and save your business. So I kind of want to jump into the starting phase of when you started Trayvax and can you kind of give some advice for those out there that are looking to start a business or just in that process right now and kind of share your story of how you came up with Trayvax? Yeah, well, I mean, 
I would say, first off, that nothing happens overnight. Nothing happens in a week or even a month. It happens over a year or two or three. And um, I think the biggest thing that, that uh, I, I guess the way that I started Trayvax was uh, that I had a simple idea. I was swimming in Hawaii for the first time, actually back when I was in high school. And I saw this big plastic bag float right by me. I mean, there were beautiful, you know, beautifully colored fish, these neon fish that were swimming all around me. And I was swimming underneath these coral arches, white sand, warm water, and this big plastic bag just floats by me. And it was just kind of a grotesque experience. Um, and it hit me really hard. And I... Um, I'd like to think that I have a kind of an inventive or a creative mind, and so my mind started ticking. And I thought, uh, how on earth I, I could reduce the use of plastic bags? So I started with a couple prototypes. I started making these devices that could carry plastic bags. And step by step by step, and 24 prototypes later, I realized that um, the best way to get my idea out there was to turn it into a wallet something that people carry with them everywhere, a wallet that holds a plastic bag. And it sounds very bizarre, but it ended up taking off and it ended up doing well. Um, but what I, what I learned through that whole experience is really about facing the unknown and facing fears. Um, I learned that, you know, there's always going to be stuff that you don't know, always going to be stuff that you're uncomfortable with. But once you become comfortable with uncomfortability or once you become comfortable with uh, the emotion of, of fear or actually just addressing it, um, then you can get over a lot of hurdles that uh, normally stop people in business. Um, you know, there's statistics of failure with business startups and with entrepreneurs that are so high that it turns people away. But when you think of it, in the way that you just can't fail and that you will face your fears, that you'll overcome your obstacles and you, that you'll get there no matter what, then failure doesn't even become an option. And uh, so face the unknown and face your fears and shoot for the moon. Um, I think that people limit themselves. If you say, you know, I want to uh, become a millionaire by the end of this year or Rather, I will become a millionaire by the end of this year. The worst that could happen is that you earn twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I feel like people limit themselves. You know, uh, shoot for the moon, and you'll land somewhere in between. Um, and uh, and uh, something that I learned is that books are absolutely incredible. I mean, there's knowledge out there. The worst way to approach a business is by trial and error. Um, you know, if you're jumping into something headfirst, uh, you don't want to rely on mistakes that you make in order to learn things. There are so many good books, especially this day and age. Um, you know, I personally like Audible, this application that you know you can listen to audiobooks on your iPhone or your your uh, cell phone. And, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the world's greatest reader. I have a terrible attention span. So I walk around and I listen to books on growing my business. And at the end of the day, 
I've had the equivalent of, you know, two or three classes that I could have had at a university, you know, while getting all this stuff done that I need to get done. Books are an absolutely amazing resource that I feel like um, people sometimes overlook when they're starting their business. Yeah, it's good advice. And also, I, I kind of want to jump back. Like, after you had that idea about the wallet, like, did, was there anything in your head that was kind of like, all right, there's a million wallets out there. How am I going to carve any sort of a, a market out of this? Like, how did you differentiate yourself from everyone else? Well, I'm different than everybody else, I guess. Everybody's unique. And uh, I know that sounds very broad, but... Um, I literally designed something that I thought looked cool. And the quickest way to to um to know what the future is going to look like is to create it. That's another broad way of saying, you know, do something that you're passionate about and other people will form fit to it. The wallet design had no research, it had no development, it had no um it had no, you know, it had no insight from hundreds of people. It was something that literally I looked at the computer screen and after we had designed it, I said, that thing looks so cool. I said, let's make it. Um, and then I launched it on Kickstarter and it did really well. You know, part of it's luck, but part of it's also trying um, everything until you succeed. And it just so happened that that thing that I thought was cool, everybody else thought was kind of cool too. Yeah, and that was kind of my next question, actually, is your Kickstarter campaign. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know your goal was only 5000 You ended up raising I mean, $44,000. Can you kind of give us some advice on how you set up that campaign? Yeah, actually, before I tell you that, I'll have to tell you that it was kind of a bummer. We actually raised, I think, 55000 and we had 10000 taken away because we did we offered multiple products, which we weren't supposed to. Oh, wow. That was kind of a bummer. But the uh, the Kickstarter, it was a huge learning experience. Oh, my goodness. Um, a really tough one that I had not expected. I mean, it did exactly what it was int- intended to do, which was it kickstarted our company. But it was, it was tough because um, I hadn't, you know, business relationships don't happen over a weekend. They happen over a couple of years, you know, in uh, in trial and error. And so there were so many mistakes that I had made, uh, questions that I hadn't known I should have asked with regards to manufacturing, only just assumptions that I had made. Um, you know, just one of those real hard learning lessons. What ended up happening was, you know, we had this order of 3,000 parts made, and it ended up being made incorrectly because I didn't ask enough questions. Um, it was tough, but eventually, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, I made enough mistakes and, and we kind of made it work no matter what. I ended up staying up late for a couple nights and sandblasting every single one of these parts and then having them remade. It was a long process. I mean, it was something that, uh, that should have taken three months that ended up taking a year and a half. Just crazy. So there were a lot of angry Europeans. That was <laughs> that was the thing that I took from it. Um, but past that, though, um, you know, now we're doing great. Uh, since we've already been past the hard spot, uh, I think that 
we're doing great now now that we've got established business relationships we know what to look for with regards to this certain type of manufacturing that we're using to make our wallets and and we just kind of know the questions to ask it's that trial and error thing that you really you just can't expect you know always always expect the worst and hope for the best i think is kind of what i learned from that from that kickstarter but we did yeah we did get all the wallets out Awesome. And so now you've started the business. It's growing like crazy. And I happen to know that for a fact. You're hiring people. Can you kind of give it some advice, though, for people who might be in the same situation? Because I know with employees, it gets a little more complicated and you're growing. Kind of, can you give us some, some advice on that one? I'm reading this book right now. It's called Good to Great. And it is fantastic. Um, I think they've sold three million copies of that book. Maybe I'm, you know, don't quote me on that, but it's an amazing book. Um, and it basically talks about finding the right people. And, and if you want to grow your company, it's the same thing. It's this consistent, persistent nature um, with the business, but more importantly, with finding the right people. You've got, to, uh, you've got to make sure that you hire the right people because at the end of the day, you've got to be able to step away and trust. Uh, that the people that are in your company are passionate and that they're running it for the benefit of the company, not for the benefit of themselves. Um, you've got to um, make sure that you can give them responsibility. I think something important that one of my mentors told me is hire for character, train for skill. Hire for character, train for skill. That means you don't go out and find the best of the best of the best with a bad attitude it means you go and you find someone with a great attitude and you hire and you train them day after day after day um, just on how exactly you want them to run the business. You give them responsibility, you pay them well, you treat them like kings and queens and your business will run itself like a top. Wow, and so just for everyone out there, Mark, can you kind of explain more about your wallet? Because it's not just a wallet, folks. This is like... A, a can opener, a bag holder. It's made out of like aircraft aluminum. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Mark? Yeah, when I was a machinist, I learned a lot about manufacturing processes, and I love metal and wood and leather and these kinds of classic, uh, these kinds of classic materials, things that are very timeless. And so uh, I wanted to make this thing out of metal. And it also made it kind of easy to make it because I didn't know a whole lot about sewing. Um, and it also made it so that it had a lot of longevity in it. But, shoot, I mean, it. I don't think it was anything that had been done before to make the wallet just, in t just about entirely out of metal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a progressive stamped item. And... Um, and uh, anodized, it's aircraft aluminum, and it's um, cold rolled steel on the back. It's got a bottle opener and a bag holder. This is kind of this unique uh, kind of zombie wallet. It's, it's a whole bunch of different ideas, things that I thought would be interesting or fun or cool looking compiled into this one wallet. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, we got lucky, I think. That's good, that's good. And I heard your TED Talk a little bit uh, a while back uh, in Bellingham that you gave, 
And this is kind of going on to our last point here about saving a business. And you talked about how failure gives depth to success. Can you kind of elaborate on that and give any sort of advice you can for someone who has gone through a failure? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, in that TED Talk, I spoke on three things that really helped me um, get to where I am now. And that failure, uh, when I talked about failure, that's one of the things that's so, so important to realize. That failure is not a stopping point. And it's not a bad thing, actually. It's a huge gift. Um, and that's something that I feel like people aren't actually trained for. When you fail in class, you get a big red F on the top of your paper and you feel terrible and you go home and that is a stopping point and you can't do anything about it and it defines the history of the rest of your uh, you know, scholastic career. But failure in business and failure in real life is actually not bad at all. Um, that's what I think is this huge misunderstanding that failure is bad. Failure is fantastic. Without failure... You wouldn't know where you stand when you succeed. And so when I said in the talk that failure gives depth to success, what that means is that is that you're not going to know where your highest of highs are until you've been at your lowest of lows. And your highest of highs mean more if you've had the lowest of lows. So when you fail, when you get kicked down in the dirt, in your business, in your life, I think the most productive um, way of looking at it as this, right now, this feeling or this um, experience is going to shape me into a better person down the road because now I've got reference, now I've got hindsight. And what a, you know, what a productive way of looking at it because it's so easy for failure to get you down. Fantastic. And, but can you share with us, uh, Mark, one of, your, one of your lowest of lows moments and kind of how you got out of that? Oh, my goodness. I, I have this like, terrible – I am so bad with the ladies. I mean, like, I'll try and go on dates and things. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what we get for being nerds. <laughs> but, you know, I, uh, I just remember this, this one time when uh, I just had a really – I was. I took this young gal on a on a date, and um, and things went really well. And she kind of led me on, and then, you know, uh, she told me to meet her at some place, and then she didn't show up. And um, I'd really liked this young woman, um, and and uh, and then she just never talked to me again. It was <laughs> the most bizarre thing, but but simultaneously, you know. Um, I had I had zero money. I was I was just about to um, move out of my apartment. I knew that I had the ability to be successful, but I had applied to the best Western as a maintenance guy, and I had been denied. Wow! And uh, and I had nothing. I was gonna have to sell my truck. I knew that I was worth it, but I didn't. No, if I really was. I didn't know if I was just crazy and thought that I was worth it. That was the lowest of lows. My friends came over. Um, I didn't ask them to, but 
they came over and I just hugged them and I just started crying. You know, like I had never been so low in my life and something hit me really hard and I felt like that was such a valuable lesson. It's like, you know, things aren't always going to be fantastic in life. Yeah. But that things have to be terrible sometimes so that you know what fantastic feels like. Yeah, it reminds me of the story you told, too, in your TED Talk about the first time you rode on your electric car down that hill and you ended up crashing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> Good stuff. So let's go in the home stretch. Um, Mark, can you tell the audience what your favorite quote is and why you like it so much? Okay. Well, there's this uh, – there is a – I don't even know if it's a quote, but it's kind of a – uh, well, I'll just tell you. So, Abraham Lincoln, of course, and uh, his wife were talking, and uh, Mary Todd, and she said, you know, she was harping on the southern, the Southerners in the American Civil War, and Abraham Lincoln stopped and he said, you know, if you had been in their shoes, if you had seen what they'd seen, if you had felt what they'd felt if you'd experienced what they had experienced, um, then you would be the same person. Hmm. And I think that that's so interesting because it's so easy to get upset at people in business and in life. And, you know, you point fingers and you're mad at people. But all that it comes down to is one person's perception based on the way they were raised, by the things that they've seen, by the things that they've done. Uh you know, compared against another person's perception, the things that they've done, the things that they've seen. And when you can look at things that way, it's easy to understand. Um, I think that holding animosity against people or against groups is just the most poisonous thing you can do to yourself and the most unproductive thing that you can do to yourself uh, as a business owner. And one quick way to get over that is to say, okay, they've wronged me or they've done this thing that is very upsetting, but if I were in their shoes and if I had been them for a day, um, I, don't, you know, I don't know what their circumstances are that led up to this action, this, wrong, this thing that they've done wrong to me, but I would have done the same thing if I were them. And uh, it's just kind of a quick and easy way to get over being upset at somebody to put yourself in the position of being understanding. I just think that's one of the most valuable things that I read. And, uh, gosh, I read it a long time ago. Let's give you 20 seconds, and then we call it a sprint here. And I'm going to give you 20 seconds. I want you to share something that you feel is the most important uh, that you can offer our listeners. Go for it. Going back to my TED Talk, the, the only thing that holds you back is your fears. So face your fears, um, and you will grow from them. Uh, get a mentor. Um, don't rely on trial and error. Take from the masters. Take from the people that have already been through trial and error. Ask somebody to be your mentor. And know that failure is a huge gift. Awesome. And I'm going to link up to that on the show notes, everyone. If you want to go to the show notes, uh, I'll have that link for that TED Talk. But before we close up, Mark, how can our listeners connect with you? Um, 
you can check out our website at trayvax.com, T-R-A-Y-V-A-X.com. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mark King at Trayvax. Or uh, we've got a Facebook page, which is Trayvax Wallets. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mark, and good luck with the ladies. <laughs> oh, thank you. Awesome stuff, Mark. Thanks so much. Mark gave us all sorts of good pointers on starting, growing, and saving a company. First off, when you're starting a company, remember, nothing happens overnight. Trayvax, the company Mark has developed, he's been working on that for years, and I happen to know that it's a lot of work. The guy works like crazy, but nothing happens overnight. It's going to take a lot of work and get ready to put your shoulder to the wheel. Also, something I really appreciated from Mark's story is his whole idea of Trayvax and the wallet that he's now sold over 25000 of, it came from a very simple idea, but from a need of his own. And that's when he had that aha moment. And a lot of times when people come up with the greatest ideas, it's when they have a need in their own life and they come up with the solution. So Mark also talked to us about facing the unknown, facing our fears, but not only facing them, but becoming comfortable with them, becoming comfortable with uncomfortability. I could barely wrap my mouth around that. Comfortable with uncomfortability. Nice. And he talked about shooting for the moon. He, t- he also gave us some advice on books and uh, audio books and how learning and mentorship. It's all way better than trial and error. And trial and error stinks, folks. You'd rather make all let someone else do all the trials so you don't have to make the errors. And also, once you've started the company, once you're growing, he really recommended reading a book called Good to Great, and I'll put that link in the show notes. And that's all about getting the right people around you and finding them and hiring for character and then training for skill. I think that's a really valuable point for those of us that are trying to grow our companies. It's all about the people within the organization, and if you get that right, everything else, well, a lot of other stuff will fall into place. So, lastly, we learned about some failings of Mark, and I found it interesting that his he didn't even really talk about his business as much. It was something in his personal life, and a lot of times for us entrepreneurs, we have to realize that we are the business and so when something happens to us on a personal level it can affect the business and so here we saw that mark had a problem he was able to overcome it and i think especially in that situation it really came down to what he shared with us at the end about looking through the eyes of someone else and really walking a mile in someone else's shoes and not judging them too quickly so Kudos to Mark there, and I, I I feel his pain for the ladies, but that's okay. He also talked about failure as a gift and how failure isn't a stopping point. And if you listen to Mark's TED Talk, he talks about when he was developing his first electric vehicle and how the very first run, he ended up crashing at the bottom of this hill. But that wasn't a stopping point. He looked at it as a stepping stone. He also looks at failure as a great place to be because without it, without having failure, you wouldn't know where you stand when you do succeed. And so those lowest of lows make those highest of highs so awesome. So just jam-packed full of great information and learning today from Mark. You guys want to check his website out. It's at trayvax.com. That's T-R-A-Y-V-A-X.com. 
I'm going to wrap it up real quick today. So I hope you guys have a fantastic day. I hope you guys start your business, grow your business. And if you are saving your business, get it back on track. Later, guys.